You are listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for Plano Pulse with your hosts, Jamie Jolly and Jeff Beckley. Thank you for joining us for Plano Pulse, recorded right here at the Plano Chamber office located in Legacy Texas Business Center. I'm Jamie Jolly, President and CEO of the Plano Chamber of Commerce. And I'm Jeff Beckley, 2018 Board Chair of your Plano Chamber. We're glad you tuned in for today's episode, and we have a great conversation coming up. Before we introduce you to our special guests, let's take a moment to share a message from our episode sponsor, Rose Food Service. Rose Food Service is a Plano-based small business offering commercial catering services. Their clients include the City of Plano, Plano ISD, where they serve lunch to 400 children a day, and numerous businesses and organizations, including your Plano Chamber of Commerce. Steve Vitasic, executive chef and owner, is a graduate of Leadership Plano and has sponsored the program for over a decade. Need catering services for your business meeting or social event? Get started by visiting rosecateringplano.com. That's rosecateringplano.com or call him at 469-443-0406. Just looking for a great lunch? Steve invites you to stop by his cafe inside the Collin County Courthouse in McKinney. Thank you again to our friends at Rose Food Service for sponsoring today's episode. And now it is my pleasure to introduce you to today's Plano Pulse guest. He has more than two decades of experience in the healthcare industry and currently serves as president for North Texas and Oklahoma for Cigna, a position he's held since January of 2012. We know him as our 2018 board chair elect for the Plano Chamber and future Plano Pulse podcast co-host. I don't know if you knew that was in the job description. And he is our (laughs) friend, Mr. Lamont Thomas. Please help me in welcoming Lamont. Good morning and thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for joining us. So Lamont, let's kick things off here and, and just get an idea of what your role is there at Cigna, what you do day in and day out, what are some of the big things that you you all are working on over there at your, at your office? Absolutely, Jeff. So it was, for Cigna as a mission, it, our mission is to improve the health, well-being, and sense of security of the people we serve, not only the people we serve that are Cigna insurance card holders, but more importantly, those that we serve in the communities which we live, work, and play. So a lot of my time is spent around making healthcare more affordable, and how, I do, how we do that as an organization and in my role is we work with the stakeholders, the hospital systems, uh, the physicians, the employers, and individuals to really understand, improve quality, cost, and patient satisfaction, really drive behaviors that engage individuals with their health care. And we try to create more transparency around cost and really make it simple. Health care is very complex, unfortunately, and really yes. it, it causes individuals to tend not to engage sure. in a way that's meaningful and personalized to the, their situation. And so we try to make it affordable and really focus on personalized and engaging people in a meaningful way and moments that matter for them as individuals. Well, and it's such a, a, a fast-changing industry. It continually, um, you all are having to assess and um, make changes. Um, how, how many people do you employ here in North Texas? In North Texas, we employ here in Plano about 1,100 employees, 
And then if you move up the road a little further north in Denison, we have nearly 800 employees in our Denison office. That's great. And your region covers what area? So we go as far down as Waco, all the way up through Oklahoma, over to El Paso, and then over to the Shreveport, well, Louisiana, Texas border. And how many regions does Cigna have nationwide? So in my role, there's 16 of us. So 16 regions that are cobbled together to create a, a footprint across the U.S. And also being a global company, we have global locations. Interesting. So one of the key components of your role uh, with Cigna is to lead the company's community service efforts, and you do an excellent job in in that. Thank you. Um, In fact, under your leadership, Cigna was recognized as the Outstanding Corporate Citizen of the Year at our Best of Plano in 2016. Um, That honor was um, chosen, you all were chosen by past recipients. Um, give give our listeners a little insight into how Cigna approaches community involvement and if you've been involved in any particularly meaningful initiatives serving our community here in Plano and North Texas. Absolutely. Our community involvement really follows our mission, as I mentioned earlier, being improving the health, well-being, and sense of security of the communities we serve. And we look to underserved communities and how do we get those communities engaged in their health care and bring resources to those individuals, whether it's our health improvement tour, where we have a mobile unit where we go to communities and events or do screenings and coaching, or things like what we've done here in Plano that I'm pretty proud of. We did a partnership with Kathy Chamberlain Ballet and the Plano Symphony to deliver after-school dance and uh, music programs to the Salvation Army Plano location and also Sigla Elementary, which is part of Plano ISD. And that program started about four years ago where uh, the Chamberlain Ballet and Plano Symphony and I sat down and said, what are the possibilities? What can we do? A lot of sports programs and these after-school programs, we thought, why don't we bring the arts to the program uh, to as a resource? Well, as a past ballet instructor, I love hearing that. That's exciting because fine arts has been something that we see being cut from a lot of curriculum and, and offerings. So it's interesting to kind of see um, Cigna engage in that way. It's different. Absolutely. And it gives them individuals that leadership. I mean, we know that people involved in the arts develop great leadership school skills or are more successful in school. And we also thought about giving them the permission to dream bigger than what they saw every day. And um, just a little plug for the program. So it's expanded over the last four years to four different uh, locations, 200 students. And this past year, five of those students received scholarships to Chamberlain Ballet. Oh, that's true. So you're talking about discovering talent that would have been hidden forever without this opportunity. One of the programs we're probably most proud of. Oh, that's terrific. And you personally serve on a couple of different boards and work with certain initiatives. Can you talk a little bit about your personal service? Absolutely. So I on the um, Salvation Army Metroplex board, uh, KERA board of directors, Texas chairman of the board for the Texas Diversity Council, uh, Tex Protects uh, board as well. And then, obviously, the Plano Chamber Board. (laughs) So um, involved in quite a few, uh, really focused on my personal and professional interests and those uh, organizations that are really focused on helping the least amongst us. So you've been pretty much involved in the Chamber since you arrived here in in the Plano area. Um, What brought you to the Chamber? What uh, and you've really stepped up. We really appreciate all that you've done in the chamber. What 
brought you to the chamber? What uh, you know? What what do you? What intrinsic reward do you get out of the chamber? So um, Mary Jo Dean is who introduced me to the chamber. And for those who know Mary Jo Dean, you don't say no. No, she's a big chamber advocate. Exactly. We appreciate her. And really gave me exposure. I've always heard about the chamber in my previous roles in different locations, but never really got actively involved. Invited me to a meeting, came to a meeting, and really saw uh, the servant leadership role that the chamber was playing in the community with businesses and just as importantly with the nonprofits right. and really trying to bring together business and community and it just struck a chord with me. Servant leadership is what I consider my style of leadership and my focus on a community it seemed like a perfect opportunity to invest in where I worked and where our folks lived and played. Uh, we, we've really appreciated uh, your involvement and, and next year you're going to be the board chair don't worry, you, you don't have big shoes to fill. You're going to do just fine. Yeah, I'm excited for the opportunity to really, again, to serve uh, the businesses that we support, we serve as a chamber um, and also the community, but also working with a great team here at the chamber. Yep. Well, we look forward to it. So um, our listeners want to know a little bit more about you and the path that you took to end up kind of where you're at today. Give us a little bit of um, Lamont's story, your your history, if you will. So I started my career out of high out of high school, out of college. Let's go a little further. Yeah. I'll go back to high school, grade school. Uh, but out of college, really in a finance uh, focus with an aerospace company at the time, which is Boeing now, but McDonnell Douglas at the time. So really pursued a career in finance and thought that's where I was going to end up being a chief financial officer somewhere. Um, but end up getting the entrepreneurial bug with a family friend when we lived in Arizona. And uh, spent some time with that organization. Uh, he, 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 excuse me, he did the staffing portion. I did the operational consulting portion right. of it. I uh, did a position with an, a job with Cigna at the time. And one of the things I quickly learned that if you go into a family business, make sure your name's on the, on the, as the family and not <laughs> someone else's yeah. because it created a lot of drama. Mm -hmm. But anyway, okay. I ended up going into HR with Cigna, taking an opportunity oh, wow. that was offered, started in HR with a, the person who hired me said they were hiring me, not necessarily for the HR position, even though they wanted HR to become more of a business partner and thought I could bring that lens to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but more importantly, seeing uh, various roles leading sales and eventually the role that I'm in. Uh, so it said a lot about as leaders seeing potential in people mm -hmm. and really uh, you know, hiring for potential and then nurturing and developing that potential you see in individuals. And so a few, a few relocations to Dallas, Richmond, and then back to Dallas is kind of the journey that my family and I took to get to where I am today. Very interesting. And I should add that Cigna is a proud sponsor of the Plano Summer Mayor's Internship Program and has helped us to identify some talent that's in our high school. And they've served as our, um, we've had an intern each summer that you all have helped provide for us. And it's been great to have um, those high school kids right here in our workforce in, in the chamber learning more about the business community. Absolutely. I think that investing in the future is important and also uh, our continued support and investment and leadership Plano as well. Great. Well, we have some more questions for Lamont about the healthcare industry and um, his upcoming term as Plano Chamber Board Chair. But first, let's take a quick break for a message from the presenting sponsor of Plano Pulse, Legacy Texas. I want a commercial banker who works hard for my money. Scratch that. I want a commercial banker who makes my money work hard for me. At Legacy Texas, we hear you. 
More importantly, we get you. You expect your banker to work hard. Doing everything possible to make each dollar count, that's when they're really working. At Legacy Texas, our bankers help you maximize every opportunity and put your money to work like nobody's business. Legacy Texas. Change your mind about banks. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Plano Pulse. We're here with Lamont Thomas, president, North Texas and Oklahoma for Cigna, and 2018 board chair-elect for the chamber. Thanks again for coming on the podcast, Lamont. So let's talk a little bit about the industry in which you work in, and that's healthcare and insurance. Um, lots of changes recently, and we continue to see changes in the, the current administration and um, some of the new programs that are rolling out. So give us some highlights, some insight into the current trends in your industry, some of the challenges that you all face, and how Cigna is addressing these challenges. Absolutely. And I'll stay away from the headlines yes. and, <laughs> and the sound bites that we tend to get from uh, our state, our, excuse me, our capital, and also from our local uh, government, and really talk about what's happening in healthcare. There's a growing focus on creating more value in healthcare. And when I say value, removing uh, the traditional reimbursement from volume, the more you do, the more you get paid, uh, even for errors. I mean, readmissions, you used to get paid for readmissions. You make a mistake and you get paid to correct those mistakes. Right. The only industry where that happens, the rest of us, we make right. a mistake, we pay for that mistake. Um, so really moving to uh, value-based, and what that means is, Focus on quality, removing waste from the system, and thus driving down costs and trends, and really working towards getting the physician, the primary care physician, and the patient closer together and working together, and organizations like Cigna and employers really working on resources to help push that relationship closer together. So getting individuals engaged in their health, which is really important, and moving upstream to figure out why are people falling into the health system as we know it today. Why are people getting diabetes? Why are people not engaged in their health? And, and, and with Cigna, we really focused on, too, in a holistic perspective, the behavioral aspect of it, the depression, the stress, uh, the feelings. We just did a loneliness uh, uh, index survey, and we found for uh, the population, the youngest and oldest amongst us had the highest degree of, of loneliness hmm. and self-identification of feeling not connected. So in getting people connected, looking at it from a holistic perspective, I think that's what's happening with healthcare. That's what we're driving at. And also looking at some of the, the opioid challenges that we're having as, a, as, an organ, as a country, how do we do better with that as far as putting more pressure on the um, physicians that are prescribing this? Uh, putting more pressure on the manufacturers and really understanding what, how debilitating that opioid so it's making the country. So focusing on that, improving the quality, I think is really where, as Americans, we should be focused on. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, not all doctors practice medicine the same. So how do we look at the high performance, reward them, and align their incentives with the, the objectives we're trying to achieve? So to follow that up just a bit, um, one of the big criticisms of healthcare in general and the insurance industry more specifically is that it is so transactionally based that I go to Dr. A for this treatment. I go to, you know, I go to my general physician for the annual checkup. If something's wrong, they send me to the pulmonologist or to the um, to the oncologist or whatever the case might be, you know, and everything is a transaction. It's based on how many times I go to the doctor. That's what the doctor gets paid for. You mentioned that 
you're making the shift from transactional to more of a holistic approach, which I think, which I think is a very healthy development in healthcare. But how do you make that transition from the insurance perspective um, so that it really works well for the patient uh, and the doctor who has to make a living from this? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we, what we've done, we created these collaborative, accountable care relationships or base or um, ACO relationship with physician groups and really align their incentives and rewards on how well they improved quality, cost, and patient satisfaction, and, the, and create the rewards based on that, a shared savings type of a relationship. The more they improve the quality and reduce trend, the more they can make. And then also what's key to that is that we provide them with data, understanding where their people are going, if they're prescribing something, are there patients filling those prescriptions? And we provide an embedded care coordinator that's that they or the money for an embedded care coordinator that's in their office that makes the outreach to the patient versus the insurance company. So trying to create a better engagement and let that primary care physician be the trusted advisor who's understanding that with the data where they're sending people to a specialist that may have been just a golf buddy and realizing the quality there is not there, which is driving up their, you know, reducing the effectiveness of their uh, scorecard and thus saying, wait a minute, it's impacting me. Sure. But, But the key is giving them information. For years, we've held on to information, but we found the more information you provide these physicians, the better they are as we're looking at where they send people for MRIs. The or physician like does that. a better job, the patient Absolutely. gets better care, and there's a better relationship with the insurance company from both the patient and the physician. Absolutely. Well, just, as you mentioned, really looking at, instead of just treating the symptoms, but go back to the core, what's causing some of these ailments and issues that patients are, are dealing with when they go to a doctor? And a lot of times you just go and get a prescription, again, for the um, the symptoms and not really looking at that core, what's wrong. And so I think that's an interesting approach. Absolutely. Approach. Absolutely. And some of that too is what our coaching that we've learned and, and our approach with coaching is that we'll reach out to someone for their diabetes. And as we're talking to them, we, we found out, and this is an actual situation, that an individual just had their grand, excuse me, their mother-in-law move in who has Alzheimer's. Well, that's creating a stressful situation. Sure. So let's deal with that yep. and not necessarily diabetes because the diabetes is going to be second to the stressful issue that they're dealing with now. So we pivot our coaching to providing resources and support for what's, the, what's in the moment important to that individual. And we come back to the diabetes later, but let's deal with what's important right away. And that's what we call personalization and focused on the individual. Wow, that's exciting. That's exciting. So Let's talk about something near and dear to my heart. This year coming up, 2019, you're going to be our board chair. We look forward to great things from you. Um, What are you looking forward to and what do you see as kind of the priorities for the chamber? Where do you see our chamber going? Well, I had it all planned out before we won chamber of the year. Because <laughs> this was going to be, next year was going to be the year we the make year, it yeah. and win it under my watch. But <laughs> we did it under you, but congratulations. Yeah. Um, here's what I look at. It's continuing, the, the, building on the momentum we have, really continuing our deep focus on our members. What value do we bring to our membership? Really doing a, a great job or a better job of listening and responding to what we, our members need, but greater than that, what our so our community needs. How do we build those closer together? Because we can't have a good business community without an overall 
a good relationship community. And how do we do that with the government? How do we do that with the small business, large businesses? How do we affect the communities? Because when you think about the phrase live, work, and play, people work in Plano, live in Plano, play in Plano, pray in Plano. Mm -hmm. So it has to be a holistic view. And I think we can play a great role as collaborators Absolutely. and bringing together those, those stakeholders to make Plano better. Absolutely. Well, very great. good. Well, and I think, um, you know, Jeff's done a great job setting us up in a current strategic plan. We have a three-year plan. We're wrapping up year one within that plan. And a lot of input has been gathered from our community, from our members to kind of help guide some new initiatives in 2019 that we'll be able to embark on. So I know the staff and the board are looking forward to taking those on. So, But I can tell you, I mean, just this is one of the best jobs you could have is being board chair because we have such a phenomenal staff. Jamie's leadership, the whole team um, really makes being a board chair a, an easy thing to do. I mean, they just got their stuff together and we really are, are quite lucky to have the team that we have. So. Well. Thank you. Remember absolutely. he said that. I, absolutely. Make, make it easy. So. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> and, and we have membership that wants to be a part of the solution. So not just passively sit That's, back. They want to be actively, right. they're actively engaged. They want to be part of the solution. You can't ask for a better uh, combination absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So um, we know you're a hardworking um busy man but we also know you like to take a break every once in a while have some fun um tell when us a little bit time. i know I mean, right when you have time that you're doing so tell us a little bit about how you unplug a little bit about your your family life and so um it used to be where i focused a lot on the kids but now that they're grown <laughs> they don't spend a lot of time wanting me focusing they don't on want their lives focus, exactly yeah. <laughs> and so it's either working in my yard which I like to do just because sometimes in my role it takes forever to see something come to completion but if I cut the grass and I weed the, it's immediate it's immediate <laughs> I can step back and say got something yes. completed yeah, today this awesome. month this week or whatever it may be uh, but I also like to do model railroad layouts and I really? so I play with model railroads keeps the child in me alive and some of my interests as a child and model and railroads. And so I get to do that a lot. And, and I read. And so that's kind of those are kind of things I do. And then sometimes I just unplug and uh, like most people turn on and get a good Netflix show. Yeah. And then I just <laughs> watch and binge. That's right. So yeah. exactly. Yeah. You have to that's, do it. That's Every right. Once in just a while. sit there and let it go. Three, four, three, two, one. Next they make episode. It so easy too. Exactly. You know, it's like now it's like what three seconds between episodes. You don't even have to push a button. Yep. That's right. Now I just need a little robot that can go to the refrigerator, <laughs> microwave for me. Don't I'm worry. It's coming. Dream. It's coming. It's yeah. just a matter of time. Yep. No, that's great. Well, and so model trains. Is there somewhere locally that has a model train? Does the State Fair used to have a exhibit. exhibit. Is there any exhibits locally? Well, North Park does theirs oh, yeah. at the holiday true. times, and then in Plano, there's a big uh, at the in January. There's a big show that I tend to go to, and then uh, in Frisco, they've opened at the uh, Railroad Museum. They've picked up this display that was an individual had a, in a 2,200 square foot. Uh, 
building that he built just for this amazing wow. display. When he passed away, they gave it to uh, the, the Railroad Museum in Frisco. I've yet to go over there. It was just opened huh. a few months ago wow. as they built the structure and put yeah. it together. And that's probably what I'll do this weekend because my youngest daughter, who's still at home, is gone for the weekend. My <laughs> wife is leaving with girlfriends to San Antonio. I'm going this yeah, weekend. You got me time. Great. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's great. Well, that's about all the time we have today, uh, Lamont. We really appreciate all that you do for the chamber, the support that Cigna has given to the chamber, and we thank you for sharing your insights and getting to know you a little bit better. Um, so thank you for all that you've done, and I look forward to handing the baton over to you in January. We would like to give special thanks to Legacy Texas for their partnership as the presenting sponsor for Plano Pulse. Contact the Chamber team to learn more about how your business can sponsor future podcast episodes. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Plano Pulse. Please let us know what you think, share with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to stay tuned for our next episode.